wrote an article about the scapegoat, and I warned the black race, especially in America, that they have been selected as the scapegoat in this country. In addition to that, I also did a number of podcasts and articles talking about the narcissist, the narcissistic mother, and how she typically will take one child and turn that child into what we call the golden child, who can do absolutely no wrong. And then they take the other child and they identify them as a scapegoat. And all the negative energy, all the hatred, all of the just racism and everything terrible goes into this one specific child. And last night I was reading through a book about narcissistic mothers and I found this insert that I wanted to share with you. And then we're going to go a little bit deeper into this, how it relates to not only just the individual on the micro level, but also to the entire race of people as a group. So you understand the sorcery that's involved with this and how it has been affecting your life. And I warned you guys also that that God in the Bible is a narcissist. The very first story, they talked about how he loved one child. He loved Abel and he hated Cain. And no matter what Cain did, it was just never good enough to the point where he ended up sowing seeds of hatred into him and he ended up killing his brother in the very first mankind family on the planet. So this is something that has been going on for quite some time. It's not new. It's very ancient and it's time for us to just go ahead and admit that it's happening so that we can heal as a community. So this is entitled The Scapegoat. Narcissists are master projectors. No one is better at looking directly at a person and seeing not who that person is, but who they wish for them to be. When a narcissistic mother looks at her child, she's capable of seeing many things. A source of narcissistic supply, an impediment to her lust for power, the inconvenience of a child's feelings and needs, a string of intolerable annoyances, unwanted limitations, and a myriad of other possibilities, but never the child. In a narcissist family, dysfunctional roles are the norm. The narcissistic mothers are always the producers, directors, and casting agents for the entire production. Children are assigned roles to play long before they are old enough to resist them and grow up within the confines of these limitations, knowing nothing different exists anywhere. It is typical of the parents with personality disorders to select at least one golden child who can do no wrong and at least one scapegoat who can do nothing right. That's exactly what my mother did with us. My sister was her golden child. Anything this child did, she covered it up. She made sure that it was hidden and nobody ever knew. In fact, she took some parts of her life and put them on me. I was the scapegoat. So let's keep going. When deciding unconsciously what child will play each role, the narcissistic mother weighs her options on a deep, intuitive level. Which child is the most sensitive? Which child reminds her of a hated parent or an ex-spouse who stood up to her or something within herself she cannot accept? Which one asks more of her, either intentionally or by way of circumstance? Which child expresses happiness more often about the unbearable situations the narcissistic mother creates? 
Which one is more vulnerable or more outspoken? In short, which child bothers her the most? That's how your chosen scapegoats. This child is now the scapegoat. The scapegoat will ultimately be made to carry the lion's share of the family's blame, shame, anger, and rejection so the rest can more easily retain their patterns of dysfunction. This child will also and forever be the one who's not good enough, even when she excels at something indeed, especially when she excels. This child will endure more put-downs, side remarks, and behind-the-back betrayals than the rest of the family put together. This child will endure the wear and the tear of the family's dysfunction in a way that will enable the others to continue looking good despite the family's toxicity. Because the narcissist cannot accept her faults, she spends her days trying to convince herself that everything she does is perfect. And when her personality disorder causes distress within her family and her children's issues begin to reflect this, the narcissistic mother is forced to make a choice. She must either acknowledge that she's making mistakes that are affecting her children negatively, or she must try to convince herself and others that the problems are not coming from her, but from another source. And the latter is the option that the narcissist always and unfailingly selects. And this is so true. Narcissists do not take responsibility for their actions. It's everybody else's fault, but theirs. In her mind, by blaming another, she absolves herself of any wrongdoing and she can continue to believe and strive to convince others that she is in fact perfect. But she must first have someone to blame. Enter the scapegoat. The scapegoat is the one who will bear the guilt, the shame, the feelings of inadequacies literally for the entire family. The scapegoat is the shock absorber, the buffer against the harsh reality that there's something wrong with the family picture altogether. The trash bin into which all the unwanted matter is cast. The scapegoat role facilitates the existence of family denial. The narcissistic mother teaches her non-scapegoat children to accept and support the scapegoating of a given child by affirming and rewarding those children's perceptions that whenever anything is wrong, it is to be the scapegoat's fault. Children adapt quickly to these roles and learn readily that if they do not want to be responsible for something, they need only turn to the scapegoat, whose case will never be sufficiently or properly heard, and whose guilt is so readily welcome. Once the other family members have mastered this approach, they are much freer to do objectionable things without suffering negative consequences. And you see this all the time, especially like right now between the races of man. In America, this is exactly what they did. They took one race of people and put all the negative energy on the scapegoat, which is the black race. They made it seem like the black race were the only slaves, which we know that's a lie. There were slaves of every nationality, but they only focused on the black race. Anytime there's a crime committed, it's always blasted all over the place. I remember when there was a war on drugs. Oh, it was terrible for the black community. They came in locking people up, destroying families. But now that the golden children are having the exact same situation that we went through, 
which is that European, that white race. All of a sudden now there's help, there's money, there's aid, there's finances for them. And that's what these narcissistic groups and people do. For a defenseless child made to play scapegoat, the burdens of being labeled bad, no matter what she does, are heavy. She soon learns that she cannot win. There's no sense struggling to improve her family's opinion of her because that simply cannot be allowed to occur. This is the point of hopelessness at which some scapegoats begin playing the role of bad seed because her failures will be rewarded, whether consciously or unconsciously. In fact, commonly, the more the scapegoat behaves and patterns well, the more severely she is oppressed because doing well threatens the mother's labeling of the child as bad. This causes the narcissistic mother's psychological distress because it suggests that her belief is wrong. And for a narcissist, the thought of entertaining this possibility is completely intolerable. In a desperate attempt to reduce her mother's act of oppression and derision, the scapegoat succumbs to the roles of underachiever, troubled one, loser, black sheep or troublemaker. This presents the mother with exactly what her mental illness is making her feel she must have, an external object upon which to place blame so that she can continue the reassuring fantasy that there's nothing wrong with herself and her family on the whole. And that's exactly what happens in America, people. It's the same thing at the macro level. Anytime a foreigner comes to America, they're already schooled on the black race. Don't fool with them. Don't be friends with them. Treat them bad. When the black people do something good, no one ever hears about it. But when you do something bad, it's everywhere. That's because, again, they have scapegoating. And again, it's a sorcery. So we're going to keep going. For the scapegoat, there will be disregard and or punishment for doing well and a reward of a little less overt abuse or even occasional expressions of support if she fails to thrive and accepts her role. Many scapegoats have reported that the only time they felt their mother supported them, if at all, was when the supportive act fostered and reinforced the scapegoat's inferiority, dysfunction, or weakness. In an effort to alleviate some degree of distress of her narcissistic mother's wrath, the scapegoat eventually gives in and agrees with the family's assessment of her as inferior and worthy of blame. She internalizes the belief that she is inherently bad, worthless, and defective, and believes that everyone she contacts can clearly see this and will reject her as completely as her family does. She will bring the telltale signs of deep inferiority with her to the playground, to school, to the workplace, and into her community and her relationships. Now let's stop and think again, going back to the black race. And I remember talking about this with my husband and I told him, I said, it seems like the only time we're successful is if we're entertainers, if we're actors, if we're comedians, the comedians are the highest paid, the ones who are the buffoons who get up using the N-word, disrespecting women, as long as the black woman is bubbly and fat, as long as we're just a disgrace, then we're paid high salaries, we're held in high regard like Lizzo. But as soon as we start trying to be healthy or smart 
or do things that are right and constructive, it's almost like you don't get any attention, nobody notices you, you're pushed to the side. So what happens is it fosters that spirit of inferiority, of dysfunction, and it makes people wanna be dysfunctional in order to get monetary gain, in order to get reward. So again, this is that same narcissistic type demonic spirit that I see even amongst the races of man. Commonly because the scapegoat psyche is weighed down with the burden of an overwhelming sense of immutable inferiority. Her early behavior, mannerisms, habits, speech, and even her posture will bear the unmistakable mark of a bedraggled victim, crippled with shame and guilt. She is the one who cannot speak up. And this is immediately obvious to everyone with whom she comes into contact. Having plenty of experience in the role of scapegoat, she is the perfect target for abusive behavior. She is the one others intuitively know will not fight back. She is the easy target, the pushover, the dupe. She will become the outcast, the bullied one, the marginalized loner, the routinely punished troublemaker or the laughing stock. Again, that's exactly what I see happening to an entire race of people. Most of these people, in order for them to become successful, they have to sell out. They have to become what we call coons, like Candace Owens. These types of people who literally join the narcissist and start putting their own people down. Or they end up just forever always walking on that lonely, dark path as the scapegoat. The scapegoat is accustomed to accepting blame for interpersonal problems. And she has been diligently conditioned to believe that if only she could do better, the challenges facing relationships in which she takes part would dissolve, despite the fact that this is an unattainable state. She has only her family patterns to use as a template for her adult relationships. And she easily tolerates partners who are emotionally irresponsible and expect her to bear too many obligations or who give her the message that any difficulties are inordinately her fault. Now, ladies, those of you listening to me, if you belong to this scapegoat group of people, and you run off in these interracial relationships or any relationship for that fact, but especially interracial, and your spouse already sees you as a scapegoat, a member of a scapegoat class, what do you think is gonna happen in that relationship? Exactly what this literature just said. You'll be bearing all the obligations, you'll be cooking, you'll be cleaning, you'll be doing everything while your spouse is sitting there doing absolutely nothing and sees nothing wrong with it because all of society sees you in that same light. It is not uncommon for a scapegoat to play a similar role in the workplace as well. Just as children can detect who among them is a vulnerable target for blame and ostracism, adults do the same. The scapegoat may find herself underpaid and overworked more than her coworkers, left out of the picture during office functions, blamed for departmental failures, and overlooked for deserved promotions and commendations. Though the quality of her work may often be far superior to her coworkers, she's not likely to be chosen to participate in the big presentation or serve as a team leader. 
and her employee evaluations will reflect supervisors' willingness to criticize her more harshly than others. She will be overlooked at best and fired at worst. Oh my goodness, this is exactly what we have been dealing with as a group of people. Every time I look, for example, Wells Fargo, sitting around interviewing black females, knowing that the job has already been filled by a Caucasian. These types of things, again, because of the way we were treated from the beginning, from the beginning of the creation of this country, that's the reason why we're experiencing the things we're experiencing. So you can't keep blaming yourself. You are the victim in the situation. I know people trust you. You can't see yourself as a victim. Yes, you can. You know, if you're never going to heal if you don't admit that something that's being done to you is incorrect. That's number one. So if you see that there's a huge discrepancy in pay between the black coworker and the white coworker, whose fault is it? Is it the black person's fault? No, it's whoever's giving out the money. That's the person that's being discriminated. They know what the salaries are. So you have to just push that blame back where it belongs and it's not on you. And realize it's not that you're not good enough, not that you're not working hard enough. No, this is just how they set the game up, okay? While children, some scapegoats respond to the no-win situations. They've been handed by developing destructive, defiant, or offensive behavioral patterns. This can create serious difficulties at school and work, as well as the community overall. Scapegoats trapped in a bad seed role may find themselves experiencing repeated reprimands and firings from places of employment. If a scapegoat has developed a habit of getting herself into trouble, her difficulties with work and relationships are more likely to take the form of conflicts and offenses related to issues such as rebelliousness and unproductive or destructive behavior. So those of you, the baby boomers who are tuning in and you see your grandchildren doing all these terrible things, this is why. It's the way that they set the society up. And also you need to also look in your own families because unfortunately a lot of people end up mimicking the same thing that they have become accustomed to. So despite some variations in the way role manifests, the scapegoat never fits in comfortably and is largely looked down upon and rejected. No matter the vehicle or the reasons given, whether they're real or imagined, you're just marginalized. Scapegoats typically seek far more psychotherapy than any other family member. A scapegoat is deeply accustomed to thinking that things would be fine if only she weren't inherently defective and unworthy. And this often leads her to a therapist's office. By contrast, the narcissist can be defined almost solely by their unwillingness to seek genuine therapy. The scapegoat typically considers her failings to be the central reasons her partner has been insensitive. Her boss has cheated her out of the raise. Her siblings talk down to her. She is uncomfortable at school, at work, and in social situations because she believes she is inferior. Much of this thinking invites scenarios of self-fulfilling prophecies, making it more difficult for her to see that she can reverse the patterns of mistreatment, resulting from her observable insecurities and sense of inferiority. She blames herself as she has been taught to. This often leads her into therapy where she may discover the real reason for her mistreatment in adulthood. After all, 
It is not her supposed inferiority that leads her into situations where she's denigrated, reinforcing her feelings of inadequacy, but the palpable bearing of her family's shame and rejection. She has not been overlooked and mistreated because she truly is inferior to others. This has happened because she has believed the lie that she is lacking and she has behaved accordingly, which makes her an all too easy target. So again, you have to stop believing the lies. I notice on TikTok right now, there's so much information coming out that's telling the true history of quote unquote black Americans and the fact we were already here and that these Europeans moved in on top of us and just took everything from us and buried us in the lakes and the streams all over the place. And the reason why this is important and it needs to happen is because that's the only way to heal. If you keep thinking that you were nothing to nobody, you were packed in a boat like sardines, you were swinging in trees back in Africa, and Africans don't even like us, but if you keep thinking like that, it's going to make self-fulfilling prophecy, and you will never get out of this situation you find yourself in. Until this scapegoat is able to extricate herself from the lie that she is inherently bad, guilty, wrong, she will struggle. She will attract the wrong people. She will fail to reach her true potential. She will be her own worst enemy. The degree to which she's able to realize that she is mistreated, not because she's inherently inferior, but because she is sending messages of vulnerability is a degree to which she will determine the quality of her future. So again, you have to get out of these lies, the lies of fake gurus, the lies of fake religions, the lies of fake his story. And you have to go within yourself and you have to unplug from all the crap that they got all around you telling you that you're nothing to nobody. You ain't never been nothing. You ain't gonna never have nothing. You gotta get that shit off of you. That's what I had to do personally and in this society. I had to literally unplug. I had to leave my family members alone. All those people who agree with my sick, twisted mother, I cut their asses off. I do not fool with them. I don't go to funerals. I don't go to weddings. I don't go to freaking baby showers. I don't fool with them. Once I realized that they had become an agreement with her and her sick mindset towards me, I cut them off. And it's the same thing with society. Once I realized somebody's a bigot, they're racist, they think that I'm nothing to nobody because I have melanin in my skin, I don't fool with them. You know, I deal with people because I have to. Like if I meet somebody at a gas station, I have to pay you, okay. I'll give you the money. I'll pay them on my way. But as far as me being friends and intimate relationships, bringing these people to my house, hell no. And that's what you have to do. You have to literally put yourself on an island by yourself and realize, and that's what the story of Cain and Abel was trying to teach you guys. The stupid preachers messed the whole story up and had everybody thinking it was literal when it was all talking about these scapegoats and these golden child and these narcissists. God was the narcissist, Abel was the uh, golden child, and Cain was the scapegoat. What did God do to Cain when he finally killed his brother? He made him a wanderer, meaning he had to go off by himself. 
he could no longer be there with his family anymore. And it was probably for the best because his family was following a narcissistic being and were not taking up for him. Instead, they just kept making offerings to the narcissist, which is exactly the reality that we find ourselves in today, many of us. You're dealing with a narcissistic establishment who sits around and they pit races of people against each other. And what happens is, just like in this literature, the golden children, quote unquote, are always gonna side with the narcissist. Why? Because they're getting all the benefits and the perks. So they're going to agree with whatever the narcissistic system tells them. So if the narcissistic system tells them, we're gonna enslave the safe goat, they're gonna do it. If they tell them, we're gonna put them in prison, they're gonna put your ass in prison. They're gonna do whatever that narcissist tells them to do because they feed off of the narcissist and they agree with the narcissist. The scapegoat typically is the only person that's worth saving and that will ever be saved because they do not agree with the narcissist. They typically come to a point in their lives that they realize this is wrong. What this person is doing to me is wrong and I should not be treated like this. Therefore, they break the spell and they're able to walk away, which is why the scripture told you he became a wanderer. He did not fooled him anymore. He left society and he went off by himself, which is what you're going to have to do. Now, the reason why I'm sharing this with you is simply because again, it's time for us to heal. The spirits are revealing so many different lies that were hidden from us. I remember we first started talking about Tulsa, Oklahoma. We had people reach out to us that lived in Tulsa and had never heard the story but it got to the right people so it became national news. Now more and more of these black towns are popping up all over the place where they literally just washed the people out with lakes and streams and killed everybody and took the land and took the business and renamed everything and put it in their image. And there's a reason for this. It's because it's time now for revelation. We're at the end of this demonic narcissistic cycle that they had everybody trapped in. In order for you to heal and escape, number one, you must accept the truth. No matter how hard it is to accept, it's not easy for me to sit here and admit that my mother was a narcissist. And that's not easy. People don't want to admit that the people that they love were evil. Just like many of you don't want to believe that the God in your Bible is really the devil. You don't want to believe that. But there's so many instances here and so many facts to prove that what I'm telling you is the truth. Like we warned you guys about this holy communion, eating flesh and drinking blood. That's satanic. People again, they just now coming to this realization. So again, if you want to heal, if you're ready to let go, if you know that you deserve to be treated better, you want a better life, you're tired of being a scapegoat, you're tired of being marginalized, you're tired, just tired. That's how I am, just tired then definitely reach out to me. I would love to work with you one-on-one. I have so many different healing techniques, spiritual as well as metaphysical that can help you to release this negative energy because it's a sorcery. When they're throwing all these negative thoughts and negative ideas at you, they are attacking your aura. They are starting to attach spirit entities on you. And you gotta know how to get rid of this crap so that you're able to be set free and go up to higher levels of consciousness. You will never reach Godhood if you're living as a scapegoat. You gotta figure out how to get that shit off of you so you can move on with your life and have a better 
life experience. We learned your French. Okay. We learned your English, we learned your Spanish, we learned your Dutch, your Portuguese, your German. You learned our nothing, you called us stupid. That's white privilege. And I'm sure it probably hurts for you to hear those two words, kind of like gunshots and explosions from those commissioned to protect you with <coughs> whisking past your ears. What is white privilege? It is the only five decades of legal acknowledgement expected to correct 400 years of white transgression. It's crack versus cocaine. Blacks receiving almost 20% longer sentences for the same exact offenses are like, for instance, a black man without a record is less likely to get a job than a white felon or maybe it's because we're lazy and we don't work hard enough. Like, what the fuck? 400 years in the same field literally is an incredible resume builder. It is Katrina answering the government's prayers of eugenics, Dick Cheney going fishing the next day, Condoleezza on a shopping spree bush in San Diego. But Kanye is the one you call crazy because like it only took the USA two days to get aid to Asia, but five for FEMA to get to Canal Street and Esplanade as the one black kid who beat the shit out of the odds, but only thanks to Sandra Bullock, Michelle Pfeiffer and the White Shadow. So now we all can make it. It is the only time Thousands of white people are cheering for the black kid to win this in the stadium. It is you looking at me crazy if I told you to go back to Europe even though we didn't have a say. It is you all of a sudden having a problem with immigration like this isn't even your nation. How the hell do you discover some shit that wasn't even missing to begin with you Columbus our traditions? Had white girls twerking in high definition with multicolored hair and purple nails but it was ghetto when we did it. Oh, I'm, I'm making you uncomfortable. Try a cramp slave ship. But wait. Slavery is over now. It's just called the prison system because like you're not racist because you don't use the n-word But y'all use niggas every day. What is white privilege? It is the acceptance of bombs over Baghdad, but not over Boston it is European history being taught as a major and African is an elective It is learning about my people only 28 days like I'm not black every fucking second as every white boy what the fuck my brains out, not because I'm pretty, but because I'm pretty for a black girl. It is people thinking that Africa is one nation. It is the waving of the Confederate flag like you didn't lose the battle and then telling us to get over slavery. It is people saying that black people destroyed neighborhoods, but forgetting that white people have destroyed continents. It is every time I bring up my plight, some white man has to tell me that I'm crazy, but is kind enough to praise my English or say that we are all given the same opportunities, even though he has a family history of wealth. And I don't even know my family history at all is the justification of police brutality like what did that person do I'm sure it doesn't hurt as much when the victim doesn't look like you it is people thinking that affirmative action is an unfair advantage instead of keeping the qualified from being unfairly disadvantaged or throwing out a qualified applicant because their names out to african-american is newports imported into black communities where black boys exported for weed as big plastic asses that are called fat when we naturally have them, it is an Australian woman whose new classic of rap music is everyone who hears this poem dismisses all this truth I just spit as reverse racism. That is white privilege. Thank you. radio station in the world in the world is right here right now the golden race conscious radio for the conscious community